let's let's go right into god's word and meditate on what god has to speak to us today through his word uh for the past couple of weeks i've been sharing with you a series of sermons on living life according to god's word i've been sharing on uh on, on breaking cultural mindsets breaking traditions and uh, last week i shared on being loyal to god and this evening i want to continue on the series and share with you on the subject called dying to the flesh dying to the flesh i will be sharing on why it is important to put to death the things of the flesh and uh, before i go on i want to say this before i go on i want to say this that these sermons that you're hearing are very fundamental sermons uh, are basic sermons and these are important to your growth in christ because personally you know i've realized this that no matter how many years you are in the lord no matter how many years senior you are in the lord no matter how many years you've been in the in the lord if we if we lose the basics then we can become lukewarm in christ if we don't remind ourselves of the fundamental truths over and over again it is easy to stray away from god if you look at the church at ephesus god says go back to where you began you know you have lost the love you had at first do the things that you did at first is what god speaks to the church in other words do those basic things christian life is not something where you grow and you know reach a level where you don't have to do any of these things because you've attained another level there's, there's nothing like that there's nothing like that we have to always keep ourselves grounded in the basics that is we have to live a life in this world that glorifies christ so it's important to remind us because we are living in a world where there is pressure to do uh, and to live according to the ways of the world sometimes people may mock you you know because you are a christian people may mock you because you are the way you are uh, there's so much of pressure to live according to the world but we have to hold on to the word of god and uh, and understand what god wants from our life Amen. So this evening I want to share with you on the subject called dying to the flesh and if you have your bibles please turn with me to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians 2 verse 20. I do not have the facility to display uh, the verse, the verses on screen uh, but I I I hope you can open your bibles and take some notes as I as I share with you. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Some of you may know this by heart. This is what Paul writes he says I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me amen shall we all read this together you can read from wherever you are Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me If you read this you'll verse if you read this verse you'll understand that, that this is one of the key statements that Paul made and this is one of the statements that tell us that show us the kind of life he was living for Christ because when you look at this statement this statement is not something uh, it's not a random statement but it's a well thought out carefully put together statement because if you observe this verse you will learn that the day you 
die to the flesh is the day you begin to live for Christ the message that we can get out of this verse is that the day we die to the flesh is the day that we truly begin to live for Christ i want you to consider this carefully i want you to consider what you're hearing carefully the day you die to your flesh is the day you truly begin to live for Christ because if we have not died to the flesh then we are just namesake believers coming to church taking part in the services but not really living for Christ and in such a life our spiritual life is just a very lukewarm one but the day we die to the flesh is the day we truly begin to live and experience Christ in our life only when we die to the flesh if you look at galatians 5:17 it says like this very clearly that the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh you see if we choose to live in a way where we appease our flesh for some days in the week and then we try to please god for some days in the week it's not going to happen because the bible makes it very clear that the desires of the flesh are against the desires of the of the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the desires of the flesh and and these two are opposed to one another and the bible goes on to say it keeps you from doing what you want to do in other words many times we know what god wants through our life we know what god's will is but we are not able to do it or accomplish it because there is flesh that is still working in us the old man is still alive and what happens is the old man and the spirit man is fighting with each other you know fighting for dominance in our life and what happens is eventually we are living lives where we are not glorifying god in any way and that is why i say that if we do not die to the flesh we cannot truly live for christ we cannot truly experience him but the day we die to the flesh is when we can truly we can truly experience christ and live for him the sinful nature that is in us the flesh that is in us is constantly in war against the spirit there is a battle that is happening in us and if we learn to put the desires of the flesh to death when it when it's put to death i tell you we will be able to live strong for the lord sometimes you may ask yourself i don't know why i am not able to do the things that i want to do for god i don't know why my life is such that i'm not able to do anything for the lord the reason is this the flesh is still alive and the flesh is fighting against the ways of god against the ways of his word and it's keeping us from accomplishing his will and purpose the bible teaches us this that we have to live a life where it is no longer we who live but christ who lives in us i tell you that that life where it's no longer about us where the flesh is dead where only christ is living in us that is a glorious life that is the kind of life we should aim for day after day in our life amen Let's let's look at this passage and learn something more. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, uh when we read this verse, one of the key statements here uh is in the second line where it says it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. If you have a pen or a notebook or if you're on the Bible app, I would encourage you to underline that phrase or write it down or memorize it. Best that's the best thing to do. 
I would like you to focus on this statement where Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I want you to carefully consider what Paul is writing here. And I want you to consider the context in which he writes here. If you look at the context, if you look at the background of this verse, in the church at Galatia, there were some Jewish believers, some believers who came from the Jewish background and they accepted Jesus as Lord. And these Jewish believers started causing some problem. These Jewish believers were teaching the Gentile believers that you cannot be a true Christian unless and until you follow the rules and laws and regulations like we do. In other words, they were telling the Greeks, the Gentiles, that the way you came to Christ, the way you accepted salvation is not enough. If you have to truly accept Christ, then you have to practice some of the laws, the regulations and some of the traditions to be a true believer. So they were trying to manipulate the gospel, trying to add more to the gospel. See, we are not saved by laws. We are not saved by traditions. We are not saved because of the things that we do. We are saved only because we believe in Jesus. And salvation comes when we believe in the Lord and believe that he has died for us. That is when salvation comes into our life. It does not come through traditions, laws or regulation. And so the Jewish audience here, they were emphasizing saying that no, You have to follow the tradition. You have to keep the law. You have to keep the regulation. And that is when you can truly follow Christ. So in a situation like this, Paul gives a response to such people. And he begins by first of all reminding, saying that none of us, none of us are saved by the law. He goes on to say that we are not justified by the law, that we are not made righteous by the law but rather we are made righteous because of Jesus. In other words, he's saying, the Lord did not save your sin. The Lord did not make you a good person. But who made you a good person? It is Jesus Christ only. Because you know, for, for the people at that time, for the Jewish believers, they were following Jesus, but at the same time, they were trying to keep the tradition so that they can please others also. And they were trying to pull others into that. They were trying to manipulate the gospel. And Paul says, all that is not going to save you. What is going to save you is only the blood of Jesus, is only holding on to Jesus. So his point was this, that we are saved, we are made righteous because we believed in Jesus. And that was his main point. And followed by that, he goes on to describe saying that when he accepted Jesus, Paul begins to describe about his own life. He goes on to say that when he accepted Jesus, he was crucified along with Jesus, which means the old way of life, the old way of traditions, the keeping the law, living in that cultural mindset, all that is crucified. The flesh is crucified. The old ways are gone. The old man is dead. The flesh is dead and gone. And he goes on to say, it is Christ who lives in me. There is a reason why Paul says this. There's a reason why he says that. You see, the group of believers at Galatia who are manipulating the gospel, they were manipulating, they were introducing new doctrines into the church because they were still living in the flesh. They were still holding on to those traditions, to those man-made laws and regulations. And Paul says, as per me, it's dead and gone. 
it's dead and gone it's no longer me but it is christ who is living in me and so now what the the laws the rules and the regulations do not matter anymore all that matters is christ all that matters is christ and that is why paul makes the statement it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me which means the old ways of living life my old traditions the laws and regulations do not matter when we look at the book of galicia we see two different kinds of people here two different groups one group that say no you have to keep the law but another group that is saying no you don't have to keep the law but just believe in jesus there is one group that is living in the flesh another group that is put to work put to death the works of the flesh one group is saying no you've got to follow the traditions another group where paul is saying no the old man is dead and gone it is a new man that is now living in christ that was paul's point here so two groups here one is emphasizing on the flesh another one is emphasizing on walking by the spirit putting to death the things of the flesh now i want to stop here and ask you this question that you know if i were to ask you which group do you belong do you belong to the group that emphasizes on the flesh or do you belong to the group that says no the flesh is dead and gone it is no longer i but christ which group do you belong to which group are you part of it's important to ask yourself that question because many times we think we are living strong in the lord but when we probe our lives carefully we will realize that we are still living in the flesh we will realize that we are, our life is still bound in the things of the flesh that somewhere we have this desire that somewhere we are trying to keep up the traditions that somewhere we are trying to please people around us a week ago when i shared on breaking free from traditions one of the things i emphasize clearly is that traditions please man it does not please god traditions can please people around you but it cannot please god and paul is making that distinction very clear saying if you're living by the flesh you are going to you know follow the law the rules and the regulations but if you live by the spirit where your flesh is dead nothing matters because all that matters is christ and live is living in me and i'm going to live for him that's all that matters we have to ask ourselves this question where do i belong which group do i belong is my flesh still alive or is it dead i tell you you see if our flesh is dead if our flesh is dead 98% of our problems will be solved no more ego no more short temper and so no more problems if 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 our flesh is dead then we won't get into arguments too quickly if our flesh is dead we won't bother with proving ourselves to everyone but if the flesh is still alive if the flesh is still alive we will get into arguments easily we will get into uh, you know in into into doing things that please others but when the flesh is dead and the flesh is dead and gone all that we will do is living for christ i wonder where you belong and church my desire is that each one of us will learn to live for christ and will learn to put to death the works of the flesh what the bible teaches us is that we have to die to the flesh and live for christ alone 
Amen. Now you may say, probably uh, you may say, Pastor, I don't know where I belong. Pastor, I don't know where I belong. Because some days I feel like I'm in the flesh. And some days I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm walking there, up there with the Lord. I don't know where I belong. Because sometimes, sometimes I feel like I, I belong in both places. The reality is that you cannot be in both places. Either you are living in the flesh or you are, uh, you know, dead to the flesh. It's either one. Now, to help you understand better where you stand today, I want to share with you five ways through which you can understand where you belong. First of all, if you want to know where you belong, there's a sign, there are five signs. A person living in the flesh will do the following. A person living in the flesh will emphasize personal preference about the counsel of God's word. Will emphasize personal preference about the counsel of God's word. What, what does that mean? See, when the Bible says, for instance, forgive others who hurt you, forgive the one who has wronged you, uh, and you know this person who is living in the flesh will usually say that, okay, the Bible says, but this person has done so many things to me that I'm unable to forgive him. So I'm just going to be like that. A person who emphasizes their personal preference above God's word is the one that is living in the flesh. And if there is something like that in our life, that is an indication that we are still living in the flesh. Second sign, let me share this with you. The one who hears the word of God but rejects because it's not up to their liking. The one who hears the word but rejects because it's not up to their liking. I've often witnessed this that people sometimes who attend fellowships or churches or meetings uh, will come to church expecting something to be spoken to them so that they can feel better about life. They demand the word of God to be in a certain way so that they can be happy. You know, when the word of God is preached and if the person rejects it because it's not up to their liking, that's also an indication that the flesh is still alive. That's also an indication that the flesh is still alive. Third, following God for the benefits, miracles, signs, wonders, running after prophecy from one prophet to another, if that is there in our life, that's a sign that the flesh is still alive. Following God is not because, we should not follow God because of the benefits that we receive. We should follow God because we love Him and we want to live for Him. That, that's why we should follow God. Not for all these benefits, for miracles, signs, wonders and prophecies and, and you know, all these things. We should never do that. So if that is there in our life, that's an indication that we are still, you know, very much alive in the flesh. Fourth one, fourth way through which you can know where you stand is this. Fourth one is uncontrollable thinking. Uncontrollable thinking. If your mind is always, you know, wandering, if your mind is always too active thinking about a lot of things, that's also a sign that the flesh is still alive uncontrollable thinking an uncontrollable mind is a sign that the flesh is still alive fifth one fifth one white lies i'm sure you all know this white lies lies that are said for a good purpose for a good reason uh, and, and i've i've, I've you know, years ago I, I remember i used to work in a place where uh, i was made to do work 
uh, by saying, oh, if you don't do this before this time, uh, this, this will happen. And, you know, I would go and do that work. And eventually I'll get to know there was no such thing. Uh, nothing is going to happen. But rather I was told a lie so that I can get the work done. That's not a white lie. It's a manipulation. Sometimes we may think, okay, white lie is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But the real issue is that it's a manipulation. Uh, we should never, as God's children, we should never get into that. But if that habit is there in our life, if there is a habit of telling lies just to get things done, even that is a sign that the flesh is still alive. So through these five things, you can evaluate where you stand today. Whether you, you belong to the group one, you know, where emphasizing the works of the flesh, or whether you belong to the group where the flesh is dead. And if you by chance belong to group one where the flesh is still alive, I pray that you would overcome the things of the flesh. Ask God for help, for intervention in your life. Ask God for help that, Master, I want to live for you. I don't want to you know, battle with the things of the flesh. I tell you, as I look at the events in our world today, it, it's very obvious that the coming of Christ is at hand. Jesus is going to come anytime soon. It, it's at hand. And we have to make sure that we are prepared, that we are ready to meet him. We have to make sure that when Jesus comes, we will be ready to meet him. It's really, really, really important. And so it's very important to make sure that we put to death the works of the flesh in our life. Last week, as I was talking to one of our church believers, he was sharing with me this story about a missionary named Jim Elliot. I want to share this story with you because there is a very good lesson we can learn about dying to the flesh. Jim Elliot was a missionary and he and his friends uh, were missionaries to a group, to a tribe in Ecuador. Jim Elliot had this passion for God and he wanted to serve God and he felt that God is calling him to serve the certain tribe in this jungle. And one of the things about this tribe is that they were a dangerous tribe. They were not in contact with outside world for many years and so they would always see people coming from outside as an enemy and they will always you know go to attack such people. So what happened is that Jim Elliot, as the Lord led them, they took this first step of establishing contact with his tribe and uh, eventually they were able to establish contact and they started working with them, started helping them. But eventually one day what happened is that one of the leaders of the tribe shot Jim Elliot and his friends. These men killed Jim Elliot and his friends and so they were dead within a very short period of time. This story is a very famous story. You can still look it up. Jim Elliot is the name. And later what happened is one of Jim Elliot's friend wanted to go visit the place where Jim died, where Jim was killed. And uh, someone took him to that spot there. And uh, he showed Jim's friend saying, this is the place where Jim Elliot was killed. This is the place where Jim Elliot was killed. But Jim's friend who came to see that spot uh, the place where Jim was killed, said to this man, no, Jim did not die here. This man uh, replied to him saying, no, 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 I, I know Jim died here. I'm the one who took his body. He died here. Jim's friend said, no, he didn't die here. And, and the other man kept insisting, no, he died here. I saw him. You know, he was killed here by these people in this very spot. Jim's friend, friend said, no, 
Jim did not die here, but he died on that day in the church when he gave himself to Christ. When he gave himself to Christ. You know, sometimes we may wonder how is it that these missionaries so boldly go and share the gospel in places that we would not go otherwise. These missionaries would go boldly and share the gospel. You know why? Simply because they considered themselves dead. Jim Elliot was able to do this task. He was able to spread the gospel to this tribe. And eventually, if you look at the tribe today, most of the tribe is a Christian tribe now. They've all come to Christ. The very man who shot Jim Elliot to death is the man who is also now teaching the word of God and is running the church in the, in the jungle. You see, man, this man Jim Elliot, he was able to go and do the work boldly simply because he considered himself dead. The moment he came to Christ, his life was dead and gone. And so it didn't matter who killed him or how they threatened him. All that mattered is the gospel has to be preached. You know, if we learn to live life that way, if we consider our flesh dead, if we have put to death the things of the flesh, we will be bold in our approach. We will go wherever Christ wants us to go. We will proclaim his good news wherever he wants us to proclaim. We will be his ambassadors wherever we go. But if we are, if we are still alive in the flesh, then we will live a life of compromise adjusting and somehow trying to live according to the ways of the world. I want you to remember this church, that the day you get saved is the day you die to the flesh. The day you get saved is the day when the old man in you dies. Dies. But unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, you know what happens? We still live as if we are alive in this world. We still submit to the desires of this world. We still work hard to live according to the standards of the world. And I believe, the, believe God is speaking to us clearly saying, let the flesh die. Let your old man die. Let the carnal nature be destroyed and be renewed once again so that you can live life completely for Christ. I want you to remember this. The day you die to the flesh is the day when you truly, will truly begin to live for Christ. Christ. I pray that all of us will die to the flesh and will live for Christ. I tell you, that is the best life that you can live as long as you are on this earth. Putting to death the works of the flesh and living for Christ alone. Amen. So how can you do that? How can you put to death the works of the flesh? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 5. There are five verses here and in these five verses we find three practical things that we can do to overcome the works of the flesh and it's a very practical advice. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. First I'm going to read two verses and then I'm going to read the rest later as I explain those points on how you can put to death the works of the flesh. First, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Verse 1 begins with a question. It says like this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. 
there is a point that Paul is making here. That is, in baptism, when people come to the Lord and as they go through the waters of baptism, in baptism is a symbolism. There is a symbolism there. What happens is when you go inside the water, you die and you come out as a new man. As the waters close, it's, it's a symbolism that you're buried. And as you come back, you come back to life as a new man. So the old man is destroyed and the new man is now alive. That is what happens when we get saved and we get baptized. And this also means that the power that sin has over us is broken. The control that sin had over us is broken. The chains of sin that kept us under bondage is broken. And now Christ is commanding us to live a new life. Christ is calling us to live a new life. So it is as if, let me give you this analogy. It is as if up until that point we were wearing clothes that were torn there was this hole everywhere, uh, the, our clothes are dirty, uh, we were unclean and in that old life we were living when we came to Christ, God gave us a new set of clothes. We were living like the world, talking worldly language, worldly things, our mind was set on things of the world but now that we have come to Christ, God has given us a new set of clothes, a new set of garments. And we are made clean and we are sanctified and we are made pure. That is what happens when we are saved. And that is why Paul begins with this question saying, If then you have been raised with Christ, what should you do? Seek the things that are above. So now that we are in Christ, now that we have come to Christ and God has given us a new garment, He has given us a new clothing, He has made us a new man, what we must do is this, seek the things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. What that simply means is now that we have attained this new life, we have to continue living in that new life. And as we continue to live in that new life, we will destroy the works of the flesh. I hope you're understanding this. As we continue to live in that new life, as we continue to live in this new life that God has given us, the resurrected life, we will be able to put to death the works of the flesh but but imagine receiving all this goodness from God receiving a new garment from the Lord we go back and live life in our own terms you know what that means you know what that shows that the flesh is still alive in other words it also shows that we are working towards keeping the flesh alive God has redeemed us from the ways of the world. He has set us free from the ways of darkness. But if we still go back to that, what that means is that we are still living life in our own ways, in our own terms. We are not doing anything that Christ desires in and through us. We have to really probe our life and see where we stand. See how our life is today. Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ, if you are saved, if you're redeemed by the power of God, then set your mind on things above. Because as you set your mind on things above, you are overcoming the things of the flesh. You are destroying the works of the flesh in your life. But if you go back to your old ways, you're keeping the flesh alive. So if you go back to the book of Galatians, this, this, this group of people who are keeping the works of the flesh, uh, who are talking about the laws and the traditions and keeping up all these regulations, they were just people who received salvation from the Lord, but are just going back to their old life, 
keeping the works of the flesh alive. But Paul, on the other hand, is just living this new life in Christ. It didn't matter who said what. All that matters is Christ is in him and he just wants to live for Christ. That's all that matters. That is the newness of life we have to live. So when the Bible says, set our minds on things above, that means we have to live our life on earth according to heavenly values. We have to live our life on earth according to the values that are written. And we have to live our life on earth, most importantly. We have to live our life on earth expecting eagerly for the return of Jesus. Our life on earth shouldn't be something where, okay, God, how do I prosper? Or how do I live my best life? That should not be our thinking. Rather, our thinking should be something where we say, God, I'm waiting to see you. I'm waiting for the day when I'll see you face to face. That should be our expectation. That is a life where you are setting your mind on things above. That's the kind of life Christ desires that you live. When you do that, you will be able to overcome the things of the flesh. Amen. You will be able to overcome the works of the flesh in your life. Amen. Second, if you want to overcome the works of the flesh, here's what you should do. Here's what you must understand. You must understand where you belong. You must understand where you belong. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. We're going to the third verse now. It's, it says like this, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So Paul goes on to write saying, For you have what, what has happened to you. You have died and what has happened? Your life is, is hidden with Christ in God. So this is a new status that we receive. When we come to Christ, we die and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Back in the day, the Greeks believed that uh, when, when someone is dead and buried, they are hidden in the earth. They are hidden in the earth. Similarly, Christians had this belief that when you go through the waters of the baptism and die the spiritual death, you are not now hidden in the earth, but you are hidden with Christ. In other words, Christ is wrapped around us. So we were part of the world. We had the identity of the world. But now our status is that Christ is wrapped around us. Just, just think, what a glorious life that is. We have to understand that is what our status is. We are now wrapped around. We are now hidden with Christ in God. So the early Christians in the first century AD always saw baptism as an act where you are wrapped around with Christ. That, that was how they saw life. You've, and, and if we understand this, if we understand this, that our life is wrapped around with Christ, then you know what will happen? You will live according to the ways of the Lord. Many times we lose, uh, we lose track of this. We, we just, you know, live life our own way and live as if nothing matters. No. When we come to Christ, we are wrapped around with Him. And now we are to live as a good representative of Christ. That is why the Bible says in Philippians 1.27, live a life worthy of the gospel. That once we are in Christ, we should not think of the ways of the world, but rather live in a way that glorifies Christ. So when we understand where we belong, we will be able to break away from the things of the flesh. Because now that we understand that our status is this, where we are hidden in Christ, 
we will not go back to the things of the flesh but if we you know still hold on to our old ways and if we fail to understand what the word of god is saying then it will always be easy to break away and uh, go into the uh, fleshly ways and the worldly ways your status is that you are hidden with christ you are wrapped around with christ finally the third point how to overcome the flesh the third point is a very practical one let me read colossians chapter 3 verse 5 it says like this put to death therefore what is earthly in you sexual immorality impurity passion evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry what paul is saying here is that you have to put to death so the third point is this if you want to overcome the things of the flesh you have to put to death every part of yourself that is against god every part of yourself that keeps you from fulfilling his will if you read romans 8 verse 13 it says like this for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live very very clear verse very crystal clear it says like this if you live according to the flesh you will die not a very pleasing word but this is the truth this is the reality but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body what will happen you will live you will live the bible commands us to put to death the things of the flesh maybe we had a habit before we came to christ and once we come into christ we cannot continue in that same habit but we have to rather put that to death sexual immorality impurity if there is anything in us evil desires passion covetousness all of these things have to be put to death because when we put them to death that is when we can live let me read romans 8:13 once again it reminds us if you live according to the flesh what are you going to do you are not going to live your best life rather you will die but if you by the spirit put to death the things of the flesh deeds of the body then you will live you will live a new testament scholar called cfd mole expresses like this he saying christians must kill all self centeredness and regard as dead all private desires and, and ambitions in their lives there must be a radical transformation of the will a radical shift of the center everything which should keep them from fully obeying god and fully surrendering to christ must be surgically removed it's a very very good statement that he makes he says everything which would keep you from fully obeying god and fully surrendering to christ must be surgically removed you see many times we are waiting for that one moment for that breakthrough to come so that we can stop doing the things that we are doing and let me remind you this it's not going to happen it's not going to happen it's not going to happen rather what the bible teaches us is that it is your responsibility put to death the things of the flesh and here we read this man saying anything that keeps you from fully obeying christ and fully surrendering to him it has to be surgically removed in other words you have to put to death the things of the flesh in your life that is how you can overcome the ways of the flesh that is how you can overcome the ways of the flesh
Paul goes on to say in the verse impurity passion evil desire covetousness which is idolatry finally he ends with this one word saying which is idolatry now you may wonder why is paul making all of these things as an idolatry uh, let me explain this this new testament scholar again goes on to say that such a desire such sin impurity passion evil desire it is all idolatry why is it how come it is idolatry because the essence of idolatry is the desire to get people set up idols and worship them because they desire to get something from them and this new testament scholar goes on to say that idolatry is an attempt to use god for man's purposes rather than to give oneself to god's service listen to this carefully idolatry is an attempt to use god for man's purposes that is why if you remember one of the points i shared with you earlier is coming to god for benefits if we come to god just for the benefits then we are you know we are living this this life in the flesh uh, we are having idols for ourselves and it it's a kind of life where just using god just for our personal gain our personal benefit rather than asking god what can i do for you you are demanding everything from god saying god do this for me do that for me this this man points out saying the essence of idolatry is that we do it just for personal gains so if you're living a christian life for personal gains then we are living a very different kind of life we are living life in the flesh paul says that all these desires all these desires immorality sexual immorality impurity passion evil desire covetousness everything is idolatry and all these things always come in the way of worshiping god sometimes you may wonder why is it that i'm not able to worship god freely on a sunday morning why is it when i come to church uh, and i attend online my mind is not free when it comes to worship i'm able to focus only for 30 seconds and eventually you know i'm distracted i'm 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 in church physically but i'm out of church my mind is elsewhere you may be wondering why is it happening to you that way let me remind you something the reason why it happens to us that way is because there is an idol in us the things of the flesh impurity sexual immorality passion evil desire covetousness all these things when it's destroyed we will be able to rejoice freely in the presence of god but if it's not destroyed if you're still entertaining the things of the flesh it will always come in the way of our worship and service to god if we desire to live a life free in christ to worship him freely we have to put to death because when you put to death the things of the flesh that is when you can live for christ so the command here in colossians chapter 3 verse 5 is that put to death what is earthly in you so if you desire to live a life fully for god if you desire to put to death the things of the flesh then here's what you must do must do put to death every sin addiction habits of the past some of you are giving excuses saying it's too hard to overcome that i've been doing that for many years i don't know it's difficult for me every sin can be overcome every addiction can be overcome the enemy keeps telling you lies so that you can continue in that immoral immoral ways but god says no put to death so that you can overcome the flesh in your life and live for 
Christ alone. Amen. I want to close here. I want to close this here. And there's one more thing I just want to share. Yesterday as I was preparing for the sermon, I began to realize that that if we that one of the reason why fear rules our life is because the flesh is very much active the flesh is very much active but if we learn to put to death the things of the flesh one of the things that will happen to us is that we will be bold we will be courageous and we will be able to do anything and everything for god in a fearless way often times fear anxiety hopelessness plagues our life because the flesh is very much strong it's working even till today you look at paul's life he was a bold man at one point in his ministry he was stoned and people thought he was dead people left him and went back into the city and what paul did there was he got got up and went back into the city from where you know he was stoned if we were there probably we might have run to another place and might have sent someone to bring your stuff from that city but paul was bold he was courageous he was fearless you know why because of that other statement it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me when you begin to live according to the spirit when you put to death the things of the flesh you won't fear for your own life you won't be worried about anything because ultimately you know i am dead and gone it is christ living in me and he will take care of me when that mindset comes and when that you know becomes a reality for you you will be bold courageous fearless and you can do anything for the lord amen is the flesh working in your life i encourage you to put to death the things of the flesh is the flesh working in your life strong today i encourage you please put to death the things of the flesh it's a command that we receive from the word of god don't wait for that time where you can be delivered from your sin don't wait for that one moment in life where you can overcome the habit of speaking white lies no it's it's a fleshly nature put to death using that for your own benefit put to death the things of the flesh ask god to help you overcome amen let's look into the lord in prayer father we come into your presence because of who you are and for all that you are doing you are a good god you are the glorious one you are the god who is pleased when we live a life that glorifies your name you are the god who desires that every day we will live a life that glorifies your name and god we pray a master we pray o oh lord that the things of the flesh will be destroyed in us that we will be able to live life every day in a way that glorifies your name we will be able to live life in a way that exalts your name master help us to put to death the things of the flesh and help us to live for you alone help us to live for you alone any impurity in us please lord take it away help us we pray we thank you for who you are and for all that you have done in our life we glorify your name in jesus name we pray amen 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 let's keep our eyes closed for the benediction may the love of the father 
and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now and forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you.